Hello and welcome to Living the Dream for General Practitioners, the podcast for doctors and clinic leaders who want to learn about pathways, strategies and opportunities for living and working in Australia. Join me, Gemma Goff, and my expert guests as we share stories, unlock the secrets to recruitment success, share tips for moving across the world, navigating new cultures and so much more. This show is brought to you by Health Recruitment Australia. Now sit back, relax and enjoy this episode. Hi everyone, welcome back. This is episode three of our GP Recruitment Fundamentals podcast series. Um, Today's episode will be focused around identifying the right clinic for you. So we talked a little bit um, earlier about um, why you want to move to Australia and knowing that is really going to help you to identify the right clinic. So whether that's to get a better work-life balance, to work more sociable hours, whatever it is, um, that's a really good place to start to identify what kind of clinic you want to work in. The next consideration would be where you're permitted to work. Now, it's usually a requirement for overseas GPs to work in a particular modified Monash model, so MMM. The MMM is a Department of Health and Aged Care um, ruling. They define which locations are clusters um, metropolitan, rural, remote, or very remote. The model measures remoteness and population size. So an MM1 would be um, major cities through to MM7 being very remote. Area of need is also a consideration. This is a geographical location uh, where the the medical needs um, of the population are going unmet. Um, State and um, territory governments define the area of need locations. Um, and doctors with limited registration and international medical graduates um, are generally required to work in those areas. As an international medical graduate, there are restrictions on where you can work and bill under Medicare. Um, If you wish to secure a position working as a GP in the private sector, um, I wish to claim Medicare, you are restricted to working in a distribution priority area or DPA. These are usually in regional, rural and remote areas. It would be very unusual for a GP to be able to, from overseas, to be able to secure a position in a city-based clinic. So once you know what area you're eligible to work in, um, it's time to look at practices and what they offer their patients. So what kind of relationship are you looking for with the clinic? Um, Do you wish to be employed, um, an independent practitioner, Um, or perhaps a GP partner. Um, There are many considerations um, in this regard and due to changes in legislation, namely around payroll tags, um, it would be sensible for you to do your own research in this regard. Other considerations should be around areas such as consulting times. Um, Some GPs um, have 10 minute consults, some have 15 minute consults. Um, does the clinic have appropriate nurse support or allied health providers? Um, what's the doctor to nurse ratio? Do you have a special interest that you'd like to pursue? Can the clinic support you in setting this up? What hours are you looking to work? Is the clinic open in evenings if you are considering doing some evening work? What hours are you wanting to work in terms of um, getting that work-life balance? Are you wanting to start a new hobby, surfing, for example, you might want two mornings off a week. Um, so can you work lunch times 
um, through to the evenings. There are certainly some financial benefits to doing this. Um, maybe school hours is what you're looking for um, or want to take the days off to be with the children. And then when your partner comes home from work, you're looking to work evening. So can, that, can a clinic accommodate that for you? Uh, what income are you looking to achieve? Serious consideration should be given to balancing the desired income versus your work-life balance. Um, it is possible to work part-time during evenings and weekends and earn just as much money as you do working Monday to Friday, nine to five, for example. Training clinics, they're very popular in Australia. Um, many hosting medical students and registrars as well as IMGs. And perhaps teaching is a passion of yours and you're looking to undertake some supervisor duties um, once you've settled into the Australian way. Some clinics do offer a reduced service fee for supervising GPs. Um, so it's worth knowing this is part of your um, plan for career growth. So once you've answered these questions, you can let your recruiter know your requirements and perhaps list your non-negotiables and the things you are prepared to negotiate on and things you can be flexible with. Your recruiter will then liaise with clinics who are searching for GPs um, who are looking to work the hours and promote the services that you're also looking for. I'm today very excited to be joined by Jessica McIver. Um, Jess is a practice manager at um, the Seaford Meadows Day and Night Clinic. It is a mixed billing clinic, one of two, um, run by the Australia Health Alliance in South Australia. Um, I invited Jess onto our show today um, so we can share some insights into the recruitment process from a recruiter and a clinic perspective and how each party can support GPs considering a move down under. Jess, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so Jess, you've been um, at the clinic for a few years now. Why don't you tell us a bit about the clinic? Of course. Uh, so we're quite lucky. Uh, we've got two of our clinics. Uh, one is based in Seaford and our sister clinic is in Seaford Meadows, which is where I'm primarily based. Uh, our Seaford Road Clinic was established in the 1970s, so we have been around for a little while. Um, yes, as you mentioned, we are one of the newest um, bulk billing clinics in uh, the southern area um, of Adelaide. Um, and we currently have roughly 16 doctors across both our clinics. We've got eight nursing staff members and we've got roughly 20 support staff members. So this is huge for us. Um, this helps um, support our 30,000 active patients. And we roughly have around 300 to 350 new patients each month. So um, we are in a growing area um, and we're in obviously in need of new additional GPs. You sure are, you sure are. So Jess, you've been um, quite heavily involved in the recruitment of GPs for your clinic, particularly this year. Um, tell us about that. How does um, the recruitment process work? Yes, of course. So uh, generally the recruitment agencies uh, will touch base with any of their seeking GPs um, and they'll propose um, some clinics um, and they'll obviously have a look through to see if um, it would fit in with what they're interested in and what they're seeking for. Um, and then generally, if the doctor would like to um, progress, uh, the recruitment agency would contact us and send through their CV. 
Um, and then we arrange a interview, um, which is more of a relaxed um, Zoom primarily, um, depending on where they're located. So we're able to do that. That's amazing. So um, I'm guessing that um, GPs can arrange this time sort of when it's flexible to them. So evenings and weekends is an option for them as well. Yes, of course. Uh, so we do make ourselves available. Um, we're obviously aware of the time differences um, and obviously their working schedule as well. So we're more than happy to accommodate um, for both of our needs, which is fantastic. Amazing. Good work. Um, so Jess, what, um, you've arranged the interview. We've set up a, a time on Zoom. Um, what's generally discussed during the, uh, the interview process? It's obviously the GPs interviewing the clinics as much as you're interviewing them to see if there's a, a good match. So how does that work? Yes, most definitely. Uh, so generally, we like to start off um, our Zoom uh, meetings with our doctors, you know, having a bit of a meet and greet, casual introduction um, as to, you know, who I am, um, and a little bit about the clinic. They've generally done their own research, which definitely helps. Um, however, you know, we go through why they chose medical. What was their interest in it? Um, you know, what are some of their special interests and hobbies? Um, and it could be, why did you decide to want to come to Adelaide? Um, so these topics generally start that conversation flow. Um, and it helps us also establish with um, our, our supervisors that we have to try and match them to see, you know, make their transition a lot easier to coming and joining our clinic. Um, some of the questions that our doctors um, ask us on the Zoom um, meeting would potentially, well, they range really. So it could be about our patient demographics. What would their consulting day look like? Um, and we're quite open and flexible with assisting them to what that looks like. It could be our local facilities, what's uh, close by, whether that's hospitals, shopping centres, schools. Um, and essentially the main question is, what's the process? What's next? How long is it going to take? So we generally like to be um, as honest and as realistic as possible because it is a process. Um, you know, you start one thing and it triggers the next step. So we're very open and honest in having those conversations um, with our prospective GPs. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks for explaining that, Jess. So I guess as well, it's a lot of it is about what's a, a good fit for your clinic culture, isn't it? Um, you know, ARPRO and the medical board, et cetera, will validate their, um, any doctor's credentials. So you know that from a clinical perspective, they're safe and able to work in Australia, um, but you're looking for someone that's going to be a good fit for your practice. Yes, most definitely. That's very important to us. Um, we like to call it our little AHA family. So we're definitely um, very aware of how multicultural we are. And we love to um, have anyone join us that is definitely suited to, you know, our community, our patients, and also to our um, other colleagues as well. Excellent. That sounds very inclusive. That's great. Um, so what are the sort of must shares in those conversations? What are the things that GPs potentially forget to ask during those conversations that you always like to share with them? What What are the important things from a clinic perspective? I think from a clinic perspective is, as I touch base, just having, um, you know, that real open, honest conversation about the realistic timeframes. So it's making sure that 
they're ready and prepared to start that process. You know, there's a lot of paperwork that they have to do um, and, you know, they've got to be on top of it and so do we. So um, it's just knowing that, you know, the visa application process takes time. It's the ARPA registration, the identification checks. Are you going to come out in person and go on a tourist visa? Um, are you going to come out when your application has been approved and therefore you've got long wait time? So it's making sure that they are fully aware and understand um, that there are time periods of waiting around, unfortunately. Um, and then we go on to the process of you know, you're needing to meet with our accountant. Um, so, you know, you need to apply for a tax file number before you can apply for a business um, ABN number. You know, once you've got those two, you can then open a business transaction account, which then allows you to trigger to apply for your provider prescriber number. So all of these things take time. And at the moment, you know, Medicare has anywhere between a 17 to 37 day processing time. So, you know, we've got to be very conscious and very aware and obviously very open with the process. Um, but yeah, we just like to make sure that they're fully aware of the process and we've done it a few times now. So if we like to consider ourselves our own little pros. Fantastic. That's great explanation, Jess. And I think the timeline is key. It's, um, you know, it is a sort of a 12 to 18 months um, process really from sort of having those, those initial conversations to actually starting. Um, and I'm assuming from a clinic perspective as well, you want to make sure that um, the GP isn't one of, say, two or three GPs starting in your clinic at the same time. Um, I know um, AHA prides itself on having the ability to fill GP books from day one. So, um, you know, making sure that doctors are meeting those deadlines and and triggering the next stage in the process is really important. So you've explained that really well. Um, so what happens after the Zoom meeting? So you're quite comfortable with the GP. They are quite comfortable with, um, you know, joining your clinic. What what happens then? Yes, of course. And um, so we're always very excited when the GPs um, want to take that next step with us. Uh, so that would involve uh, sending an email once we finish on the Zoom uh, meeting, and that would involve a service agreement. So. That will go through service fees um, and then, you know, a bit about the clinic and our policies um, as well. That's great. So, um, and it's it's um, very clear, I think, that AHA is not um, employing doctors at this stage. It is um, independent practitioners. So I'm assuming your service agreement sort of lines out what the GP is responsible for and how the GP, uh, the clinic can support the GPs in their practice as opposed to being employed. Is that right? Yes, most definitely. That's correct. And we definitely talk them through that as well, because that's generally something new to them um, when they do come over to Australia. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So, um, so but both parties agree to move forward. The doctor then signs the service agreement. Um, from a recruitment perspective, we always check in with the doctors as well after they've had their Zoom meetings with you and ask them you know, their feels and if they think that's going to be a good fit for them. So, you know, the clinic's happy, the recruiter's happy to support the GP. Um, so they've signed the service agreement and send that back to you. What happens after that? There's exams to sit, I think, and some um, ARPA paperwork. And there's quite a lot to, to do there. To talk us through that, Jess. Yeah, most definitely. So most of our um, IMD doctors, so our international medical graduates who come and join us, 
um, there is a process. So nine times out of 10, they um, are still required to sit um, their English test um, and then they'll sit their pesky as well. So they do need to complete those before we can progress. Um, and as you mentioned, you would go through the process of the ARPA registration and completing the visa applications. So there is a little bit of um, exam preparation and making sure that we can provide that support as well. We do have um, quite a few of our GPs here that are more than happy to assist um, with the pesky uh, preparation as well, which is fabulous to be able to offer. That's amazing. That's great. It's nice to know they've got the support both sides of the water, which is amazing. Um, so when they get here, what, uh, what does sort of induction and orientation look like at AHA? Well, AHA is a training organisation, so we are very proud about our onboarding orientation induction process, um, and it's huge. It's such a vital part for the doctors that are coming from overseas um, or, or anywhere, to be honest. Um, so that can kind of look like uh, anywhere between a week or two, um, and that involves, you know, pathology and radiology services coming to site to provide on-site training. Um, we've got our Adelaide um, Primary Health Network uh, representative that comes out and speak to them, um, and then they get the opportunity, which is just crucial, um, you know, sitting and observing our supervisors, sitting in with our nurses, um, and also sitting with our reception admin team as well, you know, learning the Australian um, healthcare system and AHA. Um, we are very unique in that way. Um, we do pride ourselves and, you know, we've all got that boring um, compliance side of the aspect as well. So jumping on and doing the compliance training, participating in the basic life support as well. Um, so it is quite detailed um, and it's quite involved, um, but it's absolutely fantastic. You know, you have the um, availability to jump online and do some Medicare online training, um, you know, because that's new to them as well. So when they're observing in those consults, it makes a little bit more sense to them. So it's absolutely fantastic. We have a lot of external parties involved as well as internal. That sounds amazing. We get some great feedback, certainly at uh, HRA, about the GPs that have joined AHA. It's been super. I understand that you even pick them up from the airport sometimes if they need to and take them to their accommodation. So that's really going above and beyond, which is amazing. What about um, family, Jess? So obviously many of the GPs do come from overseas with partners and children. It's it's a big move for everyone. Um, you know, is AHA able to offer... Um, you know, support to the rest of the family as well, conversations with other wives and partners, for example? Yes, of course. Um, so I should have touched point to that. Uh, during our Zoom meeting, we also ask, you know, are there any family members that will be joining you in you know, your arrival to Adelaide? Um, so if they do have um, a husband, wife or children, we also offer to have conversations with them or invite them in while we're on the Zoom meeting. So it definitely um, assists with that because it can be quite confronting and scary with the unknown. Um, so we do also um, allow that. Um, when they do arrive in Adelaide, we invite the whole family to come for a tour of our facilities and have a meet and greet. And like you mentioned, yes, we do pick them up from the airport sometimes if they would like that. Um, and just show them around and have those conversations. You know, we've got um, a lot of our staff um, and doctors who have families and children. So 
We're all very aware of our local schools and childcare and kindy. Um, so we're obviously able to assist um, in providing that information to them as well to make it as an easier transition for them. That's amazing. Thanks, Jess. Um, so the GP started, they've, um, you know, they've done their orientation and day one today is they're seeing their first, first patients. It must be quite nerve wracking for them, despite the, you know, exemplary um, induction and orientation. So I'm guessing their support from AHA just continues throughout their journey and, um, you know, anyone's available to help should they need it. Yes, well, it never stops. <laughs> so we've got our amazing uh, front of house reception team and then obviously our, us as PMs. Um, so all our doctors that are on site are very supportive and helpful as well. So it's all hands on deck. Make sure that they are up and running, comfortable. Their um, consulting sessions are going to time um, and they can ask questions throughout. So we're very open and honest with, you know, popping up um, posters or flyers, um, as well as on our socials to let um, the community and our patients know that we have a new doctor joining. And there's always going to be, you know, the technology teething issues, but generally nine times out of 10, it's very smooth for them. That's amazing. Well, that's really been helpful, Jess. I'm sure that's cleared up a lot of uh, misconceptions and um, yeah, explain the process greatly to our listeners. So thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. I wish you well with the onboarding of the rest of your new GPs um, and the continued growth of your practice. Um, thanks to everyone else for listening to us today. We hope as always that you found this podcast insightful um, and of value and helps to help you determine whether a life down under is for you. So um, thanks again for joining us. Bye for now. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Living the Dream for General Practitioners. Don't forget to subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you don't miss an episode. At Health Recruitment Australia, we want to see more happy GPs, thriving medical practices and healthy communities. If you'd like to join us on our mission, visit healthrecruitmentaustralia.com.au to explore opportunities and get in touch. Thanks for listening.